Welcome to Chat About. On the show today, we will hear from Jeremy Olson, the superintendent of schools in District 31, and just kind of get an overall update of what's going on so far this year. Chat About Today is sponsored by Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, Beltrami Electric Cooperative, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. Chat About is up next. Welcome back to the show, Jeremy. Thank you. Let's start with uh, where we're at uh Enrollment-wise this year compared to years past, I know it's been kind of a situation where we've gone a little above the level. Uh, from an athletic standpoint, we end up being in the highest class, and sometimes we're real below that. So where are we at right now? Yeah, so uh, we're pretty pretty much steady with where we were last year in total enrollment. We have this weird phenomenon going on in that we are a little bit lighter than projected in the elementaries and higher at the high school. So it's a interesting situation. Oftentimes you don't see that in districts, but we have – our high school is uh, really grew above um, expectation and, and projections, where our elementary uh, was a little bit below projections. So overall, we're, we're sitting steady with where we were at last year. So that's a good thing. Uh, we we uh, want to continue. You know, obviously, we want to stabilize enrollment, but we are also looking to, to tur- turn that curve and, and start growing in enrollment as well. So yeah, th- okay. things are going pretty well. Any thoughts as to why we're up in the high school level and down in the elementary level? You know, it, that's, that's a very challenging question. Um, you know, one, what we uh, do find is that uh, the high school seems to, because of the massive amount of course uh, selection, course offerings, we do see um, families uh, choosing the high school just because of those large course offerings. We do see a, a fair amount of open enrollment into our high school because of that. Uh, so, you know, I, you're asking me kind of a loaded question that probably has 250 different answers, but um, that's what we see is, you know, there's a lot of uh, course offerings at the high school that is attractive to families. And uh, then at the elementary level, uh, we, you know, we're seeing um, at, at the kindergarten, first grade level, just lower numbers than we've seen before. So I don't know if that's a function of of fewer uh, students of that age group or what's going on. So that's something that we'll continue to study as a district. Okay. Meanwhile, um, one of the things we've been hearing a lot of from you and others is the need for bus drivers and transportation help. Well, where are we at there? <laughs> well, I wish I could tell you that we are we are totally full and we don't need any drivers, but I would be lying to you. <laughs> um, so we are in a position right now, and we've communicated with our families uh, that we may have to delay transportation uh, when we, we actually had to do that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, delayed transportation because of a, a lack of drivers uh, on, for two routes. Now, we're going to try to rotate that around because we know how important and impactful transportation is to our families. And so we're doing everything we possibly can to uh, fill those routes. But the number one, the long-term solution is to get more bus drivers. And so we've been actively looking now for quite a while. I'm going to put a shameless plug out there for okay. bus drivers. So if you are interested in driving a bus and you don't even have to have a bus license right now, come talk to us because we can walk through that process to attain those endorsements uh, to get you uh, a bus license. So even if you're at a spot where you're saying, hey, I haven't started a CDL, I have not, you know, didn't even really think about that. Uh, if you are someone that's a safe driver and if you're someone that cares about kids, we want to talk to you, and we can walk you through that that process. Uh, we it's obviously in our best interest to get you certified as a as a driver, and to get you on uh, in a bus. So, those are some things that I would say is if you have any interest, or if you know of someone that has interest, or maybe has. Uh, it's a great job if you've just retired. Um, it's a great job if you're a college student. Um, there there's a lot of um, 
you know, areas that we would certainly be willing to walk beside you and help you get those endorsements. It's a great gig. Um, personally, I, I'm a bus driver, yeah. and uh, I don't I don't get to use that skill a lot because they want to keep me as a superintendent here, <laughs> uh, working in that capacity whenever they can. But um, there are times when when I'll get pulled too when we get really short, and so I would encourage you know it is a good is a good uh, and noble profession, and it's something that uh, I personally enjoy when I'm driving uh, a route, especially when I've driven the route for a while now, you know, when I was driving in Crookston. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite times of the day because you get to interact with kids. Uh, it's it's kind of different than what I normally do, mm-hmm. um, and I, I found it to be really rewarding. So, again, if you are at all interested, come talk to us, and we'd love to have a conversation about how to get that bus driving endorsement. All right. Yeah, in addition to that, something else cool going on this year, you have a te- teacher mentorship program in uh, conjunction with the Bemidji Education Association. Yes, uh, so I just want to do a shout out to our uh, teachers union, the Bemidji Education Association, uh, came alongside us and we recognized, you know, we try to work uh, together as much as we possibly can and we came together around this need for support of teachers. So we know that we're in a teacher shortage right now and to get high quality staff is imperative to our future as a district. So we worked together and collaborated on how would how can we make mentorship stronger? How can we support our teachers better to give them not only the skills they need to stay in the profession, but also the skills they need to become a high quality teacher? Um, because we're not looking for just mediocre teachers. We're looking for teachers that are going to grow into great teachers and support students. We know that that's in our best interest as a district. It's in the kids' best interest, and it's also in our union's best interest. So we worked very collaboratively to try to put additional supports in place for teachers because what we find is that there's a a large number of teachers that will start in teaching, and after a few years, they they leave because whether it's a lack of support, um, you know, some type of unfulfillment. So we're trying to say, hey, this is a great profession. We're going to support you. We're going to mentor you. We're going to help you get in that position of being a teacher of the year. Okay. All right. Um, I just jotted a note, and I don't even remember what it meant, but it said Tier 1. Yes. Uh, so Tier 1 instruction, we have, as a state, unfortunately, we've been seeing a trend of decreasing reading and math scores. And that's something that is is concerning. And again, that is a statewide uh, trend. And we want to reverse that trend. We've been seeing that also in Bemidji, uh, you know, pretty stagnant and even in some cases declining scores. And so we need to do something different. And what we're looking at doing, and we've been working on this now for, for a little over a year, is that focus on that tier one, which is that general classroom instruction. What, what does that look like? How do we better support our educators? Uh, how do we make sure that our curriculum is aligned so that we are giving the very best supports we can to teachers, that the teachers are getting the best professional development that they can to become the best teachers that they can be. So our focus right now is, is really in some of those trainings today that are happening. And I realize that you know we're the kids may not be in school, but the educators are. Yeah. Right now we're working through some some processes to try to look and develop and align our curriculum so that we can be the very best teachers possible. Um, because we know that a focus on tier one instruction on that core instruction is the is the what we need to be doing. You know, so we're getting back to that basic focus on reading and math. Right, yeah. those, those are the two things, and I, it pains me to say that as a social studies teacher, but that is those are the two focuses that we're really taking this year um, and in future years as a district is, is that. Uh, kind of back to the basics, focus on core instruction. Okay. 
Um, part of some of that is, is part of the strategic plan yes. that, that you guys worked on. Um, tell us where we're at with that and what, what's going on. So uh, I, it's not like me to be quiet about things. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to want to broadcast and, and tell the community about here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it. We're, we're Right now we're in the process of we've developed a strategic plan as a committee um, on the 20,000-foot view. Okay, here's the priorities, here's the areas that we want to be focusing on, and we have direction from the Strategic Planning Committee. Uh, and Kevin, I know you were on the Strategic mm-hmm. Planning Committee, and you may have had an opportunity to uh, speak into our vision a little bit. I think no. the, the education opportunities, uh, connections, and innovations kind of came from you, so at least a, a portion of that. So uh, we are really focused on that. But as part of this, as we have the 20,000, maybe even 10,000-foot view um, allocated, it was really, it came back to my team to look at what are the, how do we put legs on this? How do we actually implement the vision of this committee? Um, and around the, the four focus areas of student achievement, student support and belonging, district culture, and community connection. How do we make that actionable? And so my team and myself have developed some strategies, and we're going to be bringing this on in October 16th. We have a work session of the board to have them identify what is your priority? You know, what, what, what do we want? We can't do everything, right? So I have, I think there's four or five pages here of strategies and thoughts about how we can maybe accomplish this. And of course, the question becomes, what do we start first? And what does that order of progression look like? And so that is something that we're bringing back to the board and saying, okay, here's the strategies we've identified. Help us understand the priority. How do you want this implemented? And in what order do you want this implemented to best achieve the strategic plan? I'm a big believer that if we took 25 things and we said, we're going to do all 25 things this year, what I guarantee you at the end of the year, we're going to have zero things accomplished and 25 things started, and that's not an effective way of doing business. So what we want to do is pick out three to five things that, okay, here's three to five things we're going to focus on right now. And this year, our focus, you know, we're always working on a little bit of everything, but here's the three to five things that we're really focused on that we want to achieve. Here's the timelines that are looking to achieve it, and here's who's responsible for achieving this. You know, now let's focus on those five things. We get them rocking and rolling. Now let's move to the next five things next year. And so what I'm asking the board to do is to help prioritize what is the order of focus that we should be using as we go about the strategic plan. I want to remind everyone that the strategic plan is a five-year plan. It is not a one-year plan. Mm-hmm. And so we want to stay with this and keep this in focus. So the reason you haven't heard a lot from me is because I don't want to start broadcasting. Here's what we're doing right now. Even though we are doing several things already in preparation for this, I don't want to be broadcasting. Here's what we're doing without, first of all, getting the blessing of the board on what order and priority we should be using. So that's coming to a board meeting near you. <laughs> okay. Oh, so many things going on. Of course, the other thing is always it's always about money and uh, fiscal stability. And you know, I know that uh, it's been a tough few years in that regard. Uh, so where are we at in 2023? Okay. So I am a glass half full kind of person. Okay. Okay. So we, it is true that we are still uh, in red territory right now as far as when we talk about our structural budget. So we have these one-time federal dollars that we're utilizing that are great because that holds our budget harmless. But those end in September 30th, 2024. It's not fiscally responsible to say we're going to rely on one-time dollars to sustain a budget, you know, five, ten years down the road. So we've been we've been looking at where we are structurally. So in our our ongoing revenues compared to our ongoing expenses, and right now we're in red territory. 
uh, significantly less red territory than we were a year ago. So I'm happy about that. So what I see is I see a district that's improving. I see a district that is moving from um, you know a, a fairly large deficit to a smaller deficit, and we're going to continue to look at closing that gap. Uh, my goal, of course, stated goal, and I've said this at board meetings too, is that we, we need to balance the budget. You know, when we talk about fiscal accountability, fiscal responsibility, our focus is we need to our revenues and expenses need to add up. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we we can't have be running a red budget. You and I can't run a red budget personally. We can't run a red budget as a school either. So we are uh, well in that process. What, some of the things that we're looking at is trying to be creative with our revenues coming in. How do we make sure that we are maximizing our state aid, which state aid is dollars that come in from you know the state formula, the state finance formula, and trying to minimize or at least control the, the local levy. The local levy is the levy that's paid by property taxes uh, because we want to have a, a small impact to our taxpayers here. We don't want to be increasing our, our levy substantially because we understand that that impacts so many different people in our community, and we want to keep that impact low. So as we try to be fiscally responsible, as we as we work towards um, balancing our budget, our goal is to not increase property taxes substantially. Our our goal is to keep that pretty level uh, in in local funding while maximizing what we're getting from the state. So that's why we're working really hard on compensatory. You know, which compensatory is you've probably been hearing about people ask us our ask of people to fill out. Um, what, what was used to be called the free and reduced lunch application, now called the educational benefits um, application, because when we have someone that qualifies, you know, we don't we don't get funding for uh, applications that don't qualify. But if if people qualify, that allows us to get additional state aid, which allows us to again close that gap. So we're working hard on trying to be creative about revenues. Uh, we've also been looking on the other side of the, the fence too, and looking at how do we reduce expenditures. Uh, because we understand that there's two sides of the equation. There's the revenue and the expenses mm-hmm. uh, as we work to be, um, you know, just fiscal, fiscally stable because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not in it for the short term. I'm in it for the long term and mm-hmm. really want to see long-term health uh, both for the district itself and also that really comes about at the foundation of economics, that foundation of um, fiscal stability, which allows us to do the academic stability. So okay. I, I'm excited about where we're going. I think we're going in a good direction. Um, One of the things that came up a lot uh, from the various groups when we were was part of that uh, strategic plan was about uh, transparency. Uh, A lot of it, financial transparency. So, um, I'm assuming that people can have their questions answered if they have questions. Correct? Absolutely. So that has been a focus of of our school board. That's been a focus of our admin team, our cabinet. Uh, is to have both accountability and transparency. They come, they go together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that we've done everything, at least that I know of, of how to do to be transparent. Um, so even in curriculum, you know, this what what we did this year when we adopted our social studies curriculum is we laid all the books on a table, invited the public in, and said, "Hey, come look at here's all of our social studies books. Here's what the actual books look like. Page through them, you know, you can look and feel." our social studies textbooks and and look through them. And because in the absence, sometimes in the absence of information, we have these voids. And what's interesting about about us as humans is where there's a void, we end up filling that void in information. And whether or not it's 
truth or not, we end up filling this void with, to the best of our knowledge. And so what we didn't want is we didn't want a void out there. So we said, no, to fill that void, we said, okay, here's our textbooks. Here's what they look like. Uh, so we were inc- I thought we were incredibly transparent in that, and we intend to continue to do that, that process because we want the community to understand what is being taught. We want them to understand what resources are being used because we, we believe in what we're doing. We think yeah. what we're doing is the right thing, and we hope that the community supports that. So that's why we're very transparent uh, in our selection of textbooks. As far as finances, we actually publish a whole um, budget book, and that's available online too that walks you through exactly – um, what is what the line items are in the budget? It walks you through, you know, why why we're spending as we are, uh, what the expenditures are for, and but I understand that it's only goes so far, right? Most people aren't going to pick up a budget book and look through it and look line item by line item. So what I always offer to people is, if you have questions, ask. You know, I, I'm available as your superintendent. I, I want people to understand what we're doing uh, with the funds that we've been provided. I, I can guarantee you that, uh, to the best of my knowledge and the best of my ability, we are doing everything we can to be wise with the the allocation of dollars. We're trying to be wise with our strategy moving forward so that we are set up for long-term success. And like I said before, we're not in it for the short term. We're in it for the long term. You know, there's a long-term strategy that we're trying to play out uh, to put us in a better position. Well, so so if I have questions, I can just call and Yes, I, I'm actually going to give you my cell phone number right now. Oh, uh, so okay. if you are interested in talking to me or have any questions about Bemidji Area Schools, and also I want to reference that once a month I do put a community communication out uh, to our community in the newspaper. And uh, I believe this is accurate that every single uh, edition I try to put my cell phone number and my email contact so that people can contact me. So my cell phone number is 218 407 9645 against 218-407-9645. If you have a question about finances or uh, have a question about how we're allocating dollars or anything like that, um, I may not be able to answer you on the spot, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people ask me something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need to get back to you on that because I I don't know all things. Um, I would would love to visit with you because I want to be transparent as as your superintendent. And I know that the rest of my cabinet and my admin team feel the same way. We want to be supportive of the community. We are the community school. We're not someone, you know, we're not some government organization that isn't, you know, in St. Paul or anything like that. We are, we're local. We are your local school district and we're your school of choice. So uh, very much welcome any kind of questions that people might have on the district. Finances or otherwise. Yes, what, exactly. What is the most common question you get asked? That is, I don't know that I can say a common question. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of questions are things that people have seen on social media um, that may or may not be true, and oftentimes are not. Um, you know, social media. I always caution people to whenever you see social media, you know, question the source. Uh, yeah. Also, one of the questions I do get asked oftentimes is really oftentimes a lack of understanding about Minnesota school districts. So there are states that are highly centralized, meaning that the school districts are truly a branch of state government. So the the state sets uh, parameters and the school districts must operate as such. For instance, like textbook selection, you know, the state will mandated textbook and that's what you're te- everyone in every school in the state's doing the same thing. Minnesota is a decentralized meaning that we have a lot of local control. 
That means that it's good and bad, right? That means that if you're in Laporte, you're using a different math textbook than we are in Bemidji or Crookston or, you know, each district is free to choose as they so as they so choose along with as long as they meet certain state standards. So we develop state standards and then it's up to the local districts to determine the curriculum to meet those standards. Uh, so I get a lot of questions that maybe they see something they don't like in one district and they automatically assume that we're going to do the same thing in, in our district. And really each district is it right in the name, ISD, Independent School District. We are yeah. an independent school district and we're really governed by state statute, but more or less we're governed by the school board and uh, directed by a superintendent and admin team. So uh, there's just some misconceptions sometimes that people have about schools. And I want to emphasize that we get to kind of write our own story under state statute. So we have to follow state statute, but within those bounds, we get to write our own story as a district. We are an independent school district. And I, I guess that's probably one of the major misconceptions people have. And I think the second one would be just be careful what you believe on social media. <laughs> yeah, you sh- that's an across-the-board piece of <laughs> advice, by the way. <laughs> All right, I know you have a timeline, so I'm going to wrap it up with one quick question for you in your year plus with the district. Is there any one thing standing out that you are particularly proud of or particularly impressed with at the Bemidji School District? I, I think this goes not only the school district, but also the communities of people. Uh, it, it was hard moving from, uh, you know, I, I I really was loyal to Crookston. I, mm-hmm. I loved that town. I loved the district. I loved the people in that district. So it was a little bit uh, daunting to, to move over to Bemidji and uh, to wonder, am I going to like this? Are, are, am I going to be accepted by the community? Is this something that is going to be professionally rewarding to me? And what I would, I would say I was here maybe three or four months, and I started realizing the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, the, the people are so good. Um, our, our staff, um, just the pride that they take in the work of the district and, and trying to educate kids is really inspiring. Uh, the people of our community have been really supportive. Um, I'm just going to throw out a, kind of a, a pat on the back to the Bemidji community. We, we asked you a big question last year, and, and that was to help us out with those for induced lunch forms. You know, we, we said, we, are, we lost $2 million during the pandemic a year because people were not filling out these forms. We came to you as a community and said, here's a problem we have. Can you help us solve this problem? And our community overwhelmingly said yes, and we were able to uh, return about $2 million a year uh, back in revenue just because people stepped up and answered that call. So I have been very pleased with the people and also just how friendly people have been, uh, very accepting. Uh, whether it's community groups or whether, uh, you know, just volunteering in various uh, areas. So I would say the people are the number one thing that has impressed me about Bemidji. Great way to wrap it up for the first time around. We uh, we hope to continue to have uh, Superintendent Olson in along with who knows as we take a closer look at our school district over the course of the next year and maybe hopefully many years. Uh, fun to talk about stuff and, and not just have to talk about the meeting, just talk about what's going on yep. in the district. Jeremy Olson is the school uh, superintendent at District 31. Jeremy, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. Go Jacks. Chat about today was sponsored by Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning and Refrigeration, Beltrami Electric Cooperative, and Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji. Fun show tomorrow as we preview Restaurant Week for the United Way. 
The campaign co-chairs Derek and Brett Leach are in along with Executive Director Danae Alamano. I'm Kev Jackson. Please know I really appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen and find out what's going on in our community. This has been Chat About.